Hello there. Welcome back to The Bleeding Truth. I'm Sally McNally, the Irish midwife. And I'm Bridget, Sally's daughter. Today we want to introduce you to yet another really powerful woman, Dr. Jane Houston. Dr. Jane Houston is a midwife from Scotland and she has worked in some amazing places. She has a lot of experience. Uh, she worked in Zimb Zimbabwe, New Zealand, Haiti. Um, I met her as one of my teachers at Frontier Nursing University. She was the director of the DNP program at that time. And she's currently an associate professor teaching within the University of Central Florida residency practice at a local maternity hospital. Welcome, Dr. Houston. Oh, well, it's a total pleasure to be here. And I'd, I'd love if you'd just call me Jane. That would be great, okay. Dr. McNally. And <laughs> so nice to see you again, Bridget. Thank you. Yeah, so absolutely super excited to, to hear more about you. Because um, I've only heard good things from my mom. She's been super excited for this episode. <laughs> I'll pay you later. <laughs> so, Jane, um, from what I what I understand, you you are from Scotland originally, but you've worked in a lot of different countries and places around the world in midwifery. Um, but you found that calling kind of when you were younger. So. Could you share a little bit more about what really drew you into midwifery and how it, you know, briefly caught you up to where you are now? Oh, well, that's a, a lovely question. Thank you. I always because it makes me think of my dear departed mother. So um, luckily, uh, I'm one of seven children and uh, a lot of us went into healthcare. actually. Mummy, I was a nurse. My dad um, was a dentist. So when I was kind of finishing up, high school I, I felt really called uh, and at, at that time and it's probably you know for American folk listening it may sound strange but uh, at the time most nurses didn't actually uh, have bachelor's degrees so there was a kind of newer program that was starting it's now called Glasgow Caledonian University when I went there it was a technical college because it was so long ago I can't believe it I think I went there when I was five Bridget oh wow to, like, you know, I mean, <laughs> well, it doesn't seem I've been a nurse for since 1988. There was actually a big recession. So there was not a lot of jobs when I finished. So one of my sisters, she's actually now a professed hermit and uh, she lives in a caravan. She was a <laughs> obstetrician and a medical officer for 17 wow. years uh, in sub-Saharan Africa and Zimbabwe. Wow. So she offered for me to go and, and work with her. So that was my opportunity to actually go and study uh, there and understand more um, actually about normal birth. And it was a very rural setting. So I really learned to honour uh, birth there. And then after I came back, I worked in Scotland and uh, that was great. And I did a lot of um, neonatal work. I did a lot of lactation, uh, managed to, uh, to work with a lot of birthing families. So that was great. And then uh, I actually got an opportunity to move to New Zealand. So um, I became a Kiwi. So kia ora to all the <laughs> Kiwis watching. Uh, I was very lucky. So I went out and uh, did actually practice high risk, high risk midwifery, which was really good um, there. So I learned a lot. I learned a lot about um, cultural intersections because there's a lot of um, midwives that are indigenous there. So that, that and there was also really uh, an interesting time in New Zealand because they were actually having to save midwifery because midwifery was under threat 
uh, from government actions. So they actually had a lot to do with normal birth. They had a lot, there was a lot of yeah. um, really political action that made us understand the importance of midwifery care for most, if not all, women and families. So that was really yeah. inspiring there. Yeah. And I also, um, I did a lot of teaching. I started getting into teaching, you know, with simulation, um, becoming more of a senior midwife role. And, uh, you know, then um, the events transpired in my personal life. So I, I actually came from uh, New Zealand and actually to the town I, I currently live in, which is called Gainesville, Florida, to just uh, situate you. For those of you that have ever been to Orlando, where Mickey Mouse, my American boyfriend, <laughs> lives, um, it's kind of directly two hours north. It's a small university town where the University mm -hmm. of Florida is based. So when I came here, um, there wasn't really any midwives, <laughs> which sounds really strange, but it was true. So um, there was some uh, licensed midwives here, um, mm. but not specifically certified nurse midwives. So um, I worked for a few years as what's called an L&D nurse here in, in the United States, which is a different role. And it was quite, I don't know about yourself, Sally, but it was quite a difficult role for me. Because uh, well, I, I did already, the exact yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah uh -huh. I had to do I the same thing. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Um, it was kind of hard because um, I didn't, I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to actually be back to being a midwife. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So because it's quite a different role, so that really um, pushed me to undertake my master's degree. Because at that time, you had to have a master's degree to uh, sit for your boards here um, in Florida. Yeah. So. Um, uh, luckily, I uh, managed to pass. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and they decided uh, one of the doctors. I thought everyone would rush, would rush to see me, but uh, I became the first midwife at this local hospital. Now there's approximately twelve wow. nurse midwives yeah. at the hospital, and I love to study. I think I think Doctor Sally might be a bit of a nerd as well. <laughs> so um, it came up that there was a new a, the new degree at the time was called the DNP, and Sally knows it's not so new now. But uh, mm -hmm. at the University of Florida, they started specifically for folk that had already done their degree at UF. So I was able to be in the first class because uh, I wanted yeah. to teach. So over the last 12 years, I've done um, different teaching jobs. But I've also held on to my first love. I've never actually stopped catching wee babies. So yeah. I've been very blessed. I've been working in many different settings. I have, very, I have a lot of interest in normalizing birth, even for folks that maybe have medical conditions or have social um, issues that make it quite difficult to achieve their goals of normalizing birth and having a very empowering situation, even if things don't appear or are documented as completely normal, that um, the, the, the folks that, that I really preach, I evangelize, I am an evangelist of normal birth. Um, I do my best. Yes. Um, to really centre the woman in her care and make sure that she um, and her family have a very empowering uh, birth. So now yeah. I'm so, typically working with, um, sorry yeah. to speak over you, Bridget, just with, okay. uh, typically now I'm working with medical residents um, to teach them the value of uh, normalising birth. Fantastic. So I've only heard it as like natural childbirth. Is that what you're referring to as like normal birth? Well, that's a great question. How long have we yeah. got? We yeah. could, we could, uh, the short answer is no, because okay. it depends what technically, you know, that's why I love midwifery and obstetrics, mm -hmm. because there are 
you can't be very specific. Everything's a grey area, right? So um, if you look at the Lancet series on midwifery, talking about what is the essence of midwifery. So a natural birth to me is a birth that's completely unmedicated, that's maybe mm -hmm. in a setting that's maybe a home or a birth mm -hmm. centre. Um, but normalising birth where women are heard and mm. are able to make empowered choices because there are people, uh, yes. you know, like, like there are people that for medical reasons have to have an intervention such as a, a surgical delivery, like a cesarean section, mm -hmm. but they can have a normal experience that's not traumatizing because we do know specifically yeah. in American obstetrics, if we look at the, the data, um, birth trauma, and I know Sally does a lot to do with this, um, the women's experiences and in relation to trauma surrounding pregnancy and birth is huge. So anything yeah. you can do to alleviate that and improve outcomes is what's essential to me as a, as a midwife. And yeah. I think we do that, don't we, daily when when we come in and we talk with our patients and touch our patients and and our deliveries are a lot different sometimes to you know the usual obstetric delivery. And uh, it, it does feel like normalizing, bringing things back to the way they should be. Um, I love that you're teaching residents uh, because then they will carry that with them. Uh, I just <laughs> delivered um, a resident's baby yesterday and it, it was so nice. He was so interested. He was so uh, capable himself. He's done deliveries. Um, so, of course, I put the gloves on him and brought him in there. And uh, he's, he said he wanted a midwife delivery for his wife. And isn't it great, uh, Jane, what we can bring from all of the different countries? Uh, we can pick the best pieces and bring them to our patients. I'm, I know that's what you do. You bring the best of everything and uh, bring it to your students and to your patients. Well, I think I think you're exactly right. And I liked what you said about touch, because I'm currently doing a lot um, of um, data and looking at kindness and joy and mm. compassion and humanity and thinking about we always yeah. say in midwifery, Bridget, we say we talk about high touch, low tech. And I always tell, you know, when we're, we're talking to the residents or whoever's in a, in a and you always say you, you should always have a learner at your shoulder because um, I mean, Sally's immortal, but I'm getting older. So um, <laughs> we should always be preaching the word about take your time, don't rush. I mean, it's like, um, Sally, I'm sure you can endorse this. Yeah. Um, when you're after the baby's born, for some reason, a lot of American obstetrics or midwifery re revolves around hurrying. And I'm like, no, no, no. Mm, this is the most, yes. for the, I don't know, Bridget, if you know, but the third, when after the baby's born is the most risky time. For the mother it's not actually the pregnancy and the birth uh, there's the most risk immediately after the birth so you should mm. honor that you know and i, I get really sad yeah. like when people disregard the placenta i get i'm very uh <laughs> yeah. i love the placenta it's a very dear <laughs> organ to me can you imagine if a man could grow a placenta he would win a, wow. a, a world medal for something because <laughs> I mean, it's, when they go oh that's hot that looks awful I'm like but it's incredible oh, no. you know and the uterus yeah. how the uterus is the best incubator that there's never there's no incubator mm -hmm. that's anything like 
a woman's uterus and then thinking about the importance of a healthy placenta and then like mm-hmm. venerating the placenta I'm like look, look placenta mm-hmm. and knowing the importance of it you know and talking about mm-hmm. its value to the baby and the mother to make um, a healthy healthy child and a healthy uh, pregnancy and birth but not rushing like you know when you just say mm-hmm. you know wait just just take your time you know just don't rush and it's the antithesis of American healthcare. We rush, we have 10 minute visits, we need to bill, we need to code. But the thing of getting back to the humanity of pregnancy care and birth, you know, the holistic approach, take just taking your time, listening, listening, you know, and I think with us in the pandemic, we've got so used to like this, and let's just say, I know it's not Zoom, but this interaction is so, it's not healthy, like, you know, not being able to touch, Mm -hmm. like not being able to touch Sally and say, hey, and, you know, just hang on. I know, the actual importance (laughs) of physical touch for your patients is essential, you know, and and identifying yourself, like, I went to a great conference, and I learned this, I was actually from a neonatologist, and he said, when you introduce yourself to your client, you should say, I am your whoever I am your so I always just I am your midwife you know I'm your midwife mm. for today and you know forevermore amen but at that time because that patient may be in a, a difficult place you know she may be yeah. oh you know yes. you know and yes. she needs to hear that somebody cares yes. about her you know she be maybe mm-hmm. an unsupported person that you know she's yeah. she really needs to have somebody that identifies as belonging to her that's going to be able yeah. to listen to her and help her achieve her I love goals. that. Yeah, I love that as well. I love so. that. So instead of her being our patient, we're her midwife. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I try to teach that in the childbirth classes, that that she can be and do and say and make the sounds, whatever it is she wants, whoever she is, let it be her natural self. And we are then in service of her, that mm-hmm. uh, we encourage her to be her wild, wonderful self and uh, I always tell the partners you know don't be afraid you know get in there and and tell her I'm here for you whatever Mm -hmm. it is you want because women need support they need to know that uh, whoever's coming close to them they're on their side right and it's kind of what we like been a theme that's been coming up is the not just the normalizing but the believing in the patient like just giving them the confidence um that you yeah. can do it if you, if I believe you can do it then they feel that they can do it yeah. a lot easier than if they're all alone you know even with things like breastfeeding yes. we were talking about that but just when yeah. it comes to like natural labor or something just yeah. having a little bit more confidence that you know it's yeah. all going to be okay and and you know that they're there for you and it's not going to be a struggle to mm-hmm. to get what you need I've yeah. been um I've started teaching a hypnobirthing class, Jane, and it's going really well. I love it. Uh, One part of it is that we put a big picture of a flower. They have it if they want it. They can put a picture of a flower with the baby's head crowning through the flower on the clock. um, So that instead of looking at the time, they look at, you know, the baby crowning like their body (laughs) is a flower. And it's... We are inclined to rush, like people looking, oh, she's still in labor. It's three hours later. And and then they feel like, oh, they're not performing the way we Mm. 
feel they should. Well, well, that's that's right. That's exactly right. I mean, I can I love that. Mm. I mean, because I now teach centering, and we have a lot of centering. Oh yes. So, I mean, it's really it's fantastic. It really um, jumps off also into hypnobirthing. I mean, I love hypnobirthing. It's I I think I must recommend it twelve times a day, Sally. So. Um, Great yeah hypnobirthing um, just about your belief and what Bridget said was so powerful um, I had a long conversation with um, one of my sisters who's also a midwife about we were talking about science and art uh, two weeks ago this is how exciting we are when we have family reunions but the importance <laughs> because you think about it um, sometimes the perception is because you say it's an art it's like not important but what we just talked about is actually scientific. It's actually science-based and strong research. It's not just an art that you just believe in it, but there's underpinning that the strength of your minds uh, with hypnobirthing or the strength of your beliefs are crucial to achieve your normal birth. Mm. Wow, that's so great, isn't yeah. it? Wow. If, if women knew about that, uh, we could help so many more women. I, I'm dying to ask um, about what you notice the differences, Jane, in women like in Zimbabwe if, for their way of birthing versus New Zealand versus here and Scotland. Like what uh, has anybody got a better way or do we all really do it the same way? Well, I think that's another great question. I'm sorry, I've got a bit of a, a cough at the moment, so I'm, I, I have know. to sip on. You poor baby. Sip on, I'm sorry too. Sip on my tea. Um, sip, sip away. Um, well, I think you know. I think it's again about cultural beliefs. You know, you're you're mm. growing up time. You know, so I think the the folks like our mother was a very strong woman. She had seven of us naturally. She believed we we only ever talked about breastfeeding. That's all we ever talked about. We didn't talk about anything else at home, seriously. And then my twin actually, you know, she has uh, six living children. She breastfed for over twenty years. So valuing, (laughs) you know, valuing normal things, you know, but not letting people take your power. You know, when women are pregnant, Mm -hmm. it may be the first time in their lives they've had to make decisions for themselves and their families important decisions but that's you know that that it was a common thread whether you were in Scotland or I've worked in Haiti and uh, Zimbabwe and uh, and New Zealand but yeah I think seeing the empowerment of women in New Zealand was really interesting people questioning like you know I I think I probably learned so long ago it was quite very like I am the provider and I'm right you know and that, that's it's you know yeah. and now that's actually wrong you know, we should be able to hear what the patient is saying and then to share decision making in the best way forward for that person. So yeah. it was quite challenging when I went to New Zealand because he'd be like, no, I don't want eye drops. I don't want the shot. Why are you doing that? Oh, yeah. You know, and somebody that, you know, in yeah. Scotland, people would just say, what, whatever you think, whatever you think. And I'd be like, well, it's mm, not yeah. what I think. Mm. And then when I came, you know, I live in the South. Uh, for those of you who are listening to this internationally, um, you should probably do a little research on the difference uh, between the South and the North, for example, and of course the West where you all live and the East is very different as mm-hmm. well. The lack of um, women feeling that they could 
speak out for what they wanted is quite you know it can be quite distressing here like when people are being induced which for those who don't know what that means is that we've decided as a team that maybe there's an issue and this baby should come a little earlier than nature or whoever or the goddesses of the universe decide that you'd ask the patient and you say why why are you being induced and say well i don't know or the doctor the doctor told me or the midwife told me and i'm like that is you know transition to parenthood and motherhood is the most important thing ever in the history of the world that's going to happen to you and for you not to know or understand or no one's taken the time to explain why uh is really you know that's yeah. that's quite distressing so you tend to find yeah. um the profession of midwifery uh is now very strong in new zealand it's very strong in scotland but it's different because we take it i think i don't know about yourself sally but i think as someone that grew up within the national health service system you take it for granted right you know that everybody everybody mm -hmm. has a midwife of course but then you come here and everyone yeah. doesn't have a midwife you know it's just like wait what yeah. what's a midwife like are you what's the difference between you and a doula you probably had that like i've had that question so many times um you know mm. and it's just to have, have lost the profession of midwifery is is very damaging for the health of the society that you're within where the, the people are not seeing the value of normal birth but i was able to see the power of women like when i lived in zimbabwe there wasn't trust me there wasn't any epidurals there you know it was the mm. middle of nowhere it was yeah. a very rural setting um yeah mm -hmm. you know there was great care there was a lot of touch a lot of compassionate care but you know yeah. and not that i mean there is i i think a judicious use of an epidural or spinal it's life-saving it's life-saving you know it really is it's really improved outcomes but you know i'm not even when i don't even want to say the epidural rate um because you'd be horrified you'd never speak to me again sally but um <laughs> you know but but preaching the word of the education, 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 in the schools, yeah. uh, in your families, not just learning to be a midwife, but just generally knowing about birth or and in society knowing, you know, the importance of birth, you know, not just letting other mm -hmm. people take your power, knowing, you know, how to negotiate the health system, you know, you know, having adequate amount of trained providers. Wherever you've worked, like, you know, having traditional birth attendants, if you're in a, a a different country or somebody that has knowledge to help you um, have normal births. And then, you know, knowing about breastfeeding and about, you know, becoming a successful family unit um, and feeling supported mm -hmm. and able to, to be, yeah. a, a, you know, and loving your baby. That's what I would say to folks, you know, yeah. you have to love your baby because if you don't love your baby, yeah. You know, you know, that's not that baby's not going to be growing into a successful adult. So, um, you know, by education everywhere that can really um help yeah. um society. And I think um one of the, the questions I was wondering, which I feel like you kinda alluded to, but you've had a great experience as a teacher for many years, right? I think it was through Frontier. And um I I'm curious if you think that the future of midwifery in the US is on like a uprise, like it's doing a lot better. I like that word uprise. 
or if you think it's it's still pretty slowly um, growing in, in the US? Oh, that's a great question as well. So I don't know who, who your typical audience is. So I'll make sure I'm very diplomatic. So, <laughs> um, so the, there, you know, there are issues within midwifery because we have a lot of different um, mm -hmm. types of midwives here. So trying to bring us all together has been my mission uh, since I came here. Mm. But um, to your point, um, I would say yes in the state because we have to think, you know, I always think of the states of America, maybe like little countries because, I mean, Florida's huge, right? It's a lot bigger than, for example, yeah. Scotland. But we don't have enough yeah. midwives. So um, you're right. I think it is um, doing, it's doing okay. It's not on life support, but it's not mm -hmm. out there pounding its chest we have to get to the point where we're out right. there that most people expect yeah. to have a midwife and not an obstetrician you know that they have access yeah. to an obstetrician when there's an emergency or an intervention that requires medical care but also yeah we really need to again back getting back to evangelism um it's hard because you know with the the health system the way it is it's very ad hoc we have to talk about reimbursement how do we get on panels? We currently, and it's very sad, it pains me to tell you, there is no in-state uh, midwifery program uh, currently. You know, because mm. I was running the program, and unfortunately for a lot of mostly financial reasons, um, the University of Florida closed the program I was running. So oh, wow. that's a thing that has to improve is um, more and more funding because it, most of the most of the um, midwifery programs are in institutions where they can't access general med medical education funds from the federal government. So that's essential to think think oh, wow. about residence, having yeah. residency programs for midwifery. But it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where yeah. we need to be is to have more national funding. Um, for, because these students here have to work. I mean, Bridget, can you imagine you're, you've got right. a family... Yeah. You're working full time, say as a, an L and D nurse. You're start trying to study, right. and you've got to do clinicals and be a successful uh, midwife. And it's it's a hard, you know, because a lot of us as nurse midwives right. work within private practices. So we're actually, you know, mm -hmm. and it's called unfortunately there's here it's called supervisory, supervisory language. So. I thought it was funny, and Sally can probably endorse this. When I when I became a midwife in America, some doctor had to stand behind me for ten births to tell me I was good at it. But mm. but <laughs> if you look, ACOG American obst well no no obstetricians have any. It's called competencies, right? They have to get checked off, right. like they have to do all these vacuums, all these whatever right. C sections, but they actually don't technically get checked off for normal birth so it's quite insulting for me as a senior midwife uh to be oh yeah. well, Jane, you're, you're you're okay at this i'm like well that's nice because you actually wouldn't know a normal birth if it popped out and hit <laughs> you in the face because you've never you've never attended a normal birth so uh wow. <laughs> it's quite funny i'm sure they learned a lot from watching oh, you, oh god yeah. I just think it's it's hilarious or not hilarious, but it just exactly what you were saying is basically Sally. You know, I know she, she was a midwife in Ireland and then coming to the US, it didn't translate. So you were yeah. RN for 
I don't know how long, nearly 20 years, right? Yeah. Before going back for the the education all over again. And it was really difficult. Like you you didn't stop working. (laughs) You just waited till I was out of the house and (laughs) you had more time. (laughs) Then I could concentrate. And then I'm calling you saying, Bridget, help me. Yeah. <laughs> the PowerPoint stuck. <laughs> I've lost well, my I think, homework. I yeah. think, you know, with the, Bridget, with the pandemic, though, it's made me a lot more cognizant of small things. You know, I think we, we got back to a lot of organic, mm-hmm. what is important in our lives. And I think, you know, now for me, when you said about trying, you know, the profession, but also on a smaller level, affect, you know, affecting one normal birth at a time if you can have this effect mm. with just one family you know you know one yes, family one yeah. family one family you know they talk and they share their exactly experience. so you know it's it's so i can stay focused and feel empowered and not burnt out you know one of the reasons i had to i did step away from frontier um you know this um in september last year it was just you know it was it was i, I wasn't focused on my mission in life which is to make sure uh, women and families uh, can achieve their goals uh, uh, for normal births yeah. uh, normal pregnancies and births and right. um, so that that's what I kind of gone back to back to my original uh, roots as a, a young midwife when you know you were just you know birth 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 and Bridget you probably don't know this but typically in the UK we only look after pregnant women and families we don't really take care of uh women that aren't pregnant or uh, anything else and we and we do a lot more community uh, midwifery which i is a, a love of mine i really miss um not being out yeah. not being out yeah. and that's an essential part that's really missing in american healthcare. we should try and bring yeah. that back yeah it was yeah. cool in new zealand yeah. um Sal, sally i don't know if you know that but there's these rooms yeah. they're called plunket plunket rooms and they're, they're houses and yeah. the women can go there with their new baby and stay for the day. So it's set up like a house. So there's a kitchen oh, and bedrooms yeah. and you can just go wow. there, have a meal and visit. Yeah. And it's fantastic. <gasps> and yeah, and it's, it's paid for. So, you know, there's, so there's not yeah. a barrier to access. You can just go there with your baby, stay for wow. the whole day, meet other women. It's very supportive. Yeah. And that's, wow. you know, you know mm. what pains me also when we'd be discharging a patient after maybe her first baby, maybe she's had a difficult birth, she's really tired, we'd give her a piece of paper to tell her how to breastfeed. I'm like, what? wait, what? That's yeah. not how, you, that's not yeah. helpful, you know, um, for folks yeah. that really want to right. breastfeed. Whereas, you know, in New Zealand, yeah. they could, we had pagers. It was great. They'd say, baby McNally is waking up. Could you head over to, and they'd give you the dress and you would just go, <laughs> and you'd just go and, it was fantastic, oh, you know. Wow. So, wow, that's yeah. so great. Yeah, yeah but community is, is so important but here. So that's where your centering of pregnancy comes in, right? Uh, right. They get the community before, and then maybe those women will stay in that little community. That's right. After. That's right. I, I, I really want to work on that and learn and do that here. well that's right and this county has actually got Something. quite a lot of grants they actually can have it's called newborn newborn rn there's actually a licensed midwife that will come and visit you at home 
and it's free, free uh, to access. Oh, but it's yeah. just the one visit. But they will come and and you know make sure you're doing yeah. okay and see what you need. And there there are some really good programs like the, you know, the family yeah. partnership uh, programs here that they do have, uh, community care. But it, again, it's the piecemeal, yeah. you know, the piecemeal um, actions of things like you know how we've we split up everything in American hospitals like respiratory therapy. Uh, there's all these therapists, there's people yeah. to take your bloods, you know, and, you know, in the UK, you kind of, yes. it's like, you've got a doula. Yeah, you just, Do it you all. did all that. And, yeah. it's, and I love it. You know, yes. it's it's funny here, Sally, you know, the L&D yeah. nurse does all the work, right? Yeah. She does all the work. And you just run in, you're right. like, oh, thank you, yes. champion. And, uh, <laughs> and I know. So, uh, it's kind of... and she's done all of the right. spinning babies and all of the yeah all uh -huh. of the charting and, and you're like so, okay, uh, but know. um you know I think it's just uh and be, I've been very blessed that's what I think it's just I've been very lucky um in my life to 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 found well I guess midwifery found me um I didn't find midwifery I mean it's done midwifery yeah. has she's a hard task mistress you know it's I say it's not it's not for the week, right, Sally? It's not for the week, but it's the, no, it's the no, greatest it's joy the uh, to be able to be able to practice as a midwife and um, to achieve, you know, all the things I've been able to achieve and and you know have just all these, you know, yeah. when you have these, like, uh, you know, uh, a few weeks ago I met this lady in the corridor at work. In, in labour and delivery and I said oh do you remember me I looked after you 11 babies ago and uh we're all posting like you know it's like oh your oh your baby's like 25 yeah your baby's having babies and it's just Aww. beautiful you know it's a beautiful thing isn't yeah. it it's really a beautiful it's thing beautiful. Mm. it's such yeah. a an amazing thing to witness um a woman right. becoming a mother and a yeah the baby looking at the mother for the first time there's this energy right. i'm hooked on it i love it i i don't know how i could ever stop doing it like you i can totally understand why you would go back to doing yeah. it yeah yes but i hope you don't stop teaching you got to keep bringing that to to the world because uh we need teachers like oh, i'm you bringing it i'm bringing it i bring it every day every day every day every day yeah <laughs> yeah what would you advise for someone who's either a young person trying to find their own career and interested in midwifery, or maybe they're a nurse out there that, you know, is curious if they should get into the, uh, you know, more education for it? What would you advise? Well, that, that's people? also a great question. So I would always recommend that they reach out. Um, if there's, <laughs> you'll love this one, Sally. I would always go, whenever I visited in the <laughs> world, I would just, well, they used to have a phone book. Bridget probably doesn't even know what that is. Um, <laughs> well, I would look up, like, a birth centre. I'd look up birth centre. So, like, I went to Ithaca. Yeah, yeah. Um, on, I was on a trip with somebody. Stop cursing now. <laughs> Ithaca. And um, I just went to the birth centre. You know, I'd, I'd make plans to go and visit birth centres. So wherever I'd been all over the world, I'd be like, oh, where's that? Mm. Like, can I, I went to a birth centre in um, Okinawa. Because I had, I had looked after this oh. patient. Um, I'd seen her up in Maryland, wow. and she had this beautiful little book all about pregnancy, and it was in Japanese. And I said, "Where did you get wow. that from?" Oh, this is my last yeah. um, pregnancy book from because she was in the service in Japan, 
And then, so I got the chance to go yeah. to that birth center where she had got that wee book from. Um, cool. But yeah, so, yeah. so call your local midwives. Um, you know, talk to the ACNM. Talk to um, you know, the, like here we have the Florida School of Traditional Midwifery. Call them. You know, go and see them. It used to be, you know, more yeah. more um, relaxed. Like I used to have teenagers that were screened, and but they would come and like one of the midwives I now work with was a teenager she came into my office and we did pap smears and we did this and another midwife that's in town um she also did that as well with me um just you know hearing about um birth so i yeah i would say contact if you, your local birth centers and uh, talk to them about yeah. midwifery like when i came to this town i went to the florida school of traditional midwifery and i actually became i helped you know a lot there i became the board chair um there to help them spread the word about midwifery so yeah getting out and about learning who your birthing folks are and uh, talking to your legislators as well um, and i know that's not specific to your question but in general it's essential that you uh, become politically active in your state in relation to social justice mm. and um, birthing issues because i'm sure california is amazing and they yeah. don't have no problems in regard to uh, maternal morbidity and mortality but our statistics in the state of florida are dreadful especially in relation to um, wow. people from different backgrounds um, have much worse outcomes than people that look like me so getting to know your facts uh, so you can talk to your legislators and saying we need more midwives for this reason um, but yeah for young mm -hmm. folk yeah. you know i'd say call your birth centers and um, talk to folk at acnm um, you know, and there's lots of really active midwives. Um, that, you know, we have lots of meetings. I always invite people, you know, reaching out yeah. on, if you see something interesting on Facebook or Reddit or Etsy or something about birth, and you say, oh, who did that? And then contact. Well, I've got like, I probably like your Rolodex. It's like, shh, shh, you know, you know, a lot of people <laughs> in birth and just talking to them yeah. about, um, yeah. you know, doing um you know, think about becoming a midwife and what it means to your society uh, to be a midwife, you know, as a career and a great career and the best, you know, I would say the greatest career you could possibly have. Oh, yeah. I think that's well, fantastic advice. And Jane, yeah. um, you're a natural leader. Uh, like you, wherever you go, you always end up kind of being in charge <laughs> eventually, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're like... <laughs> You're like the, the milk bottles that we used to have at home, but you're the cream that oh. rises to the top. Oh. All the goodness, all the best of midwifery right well, inside. Well, it's very kind. <laughs> but, um, and, and America, of course, it's wonderful here. Like, they provide all these opportunities that, you know, you can, you can rise to the top, right? You can continue your education. You can look at... Me, I honestly never thought that I'd get my doctorate under my belt, and I'm just like not sure what to do with it now. But <laughs> sure, it feels great to have like got there, you know. And I, it's because I'm here in America. It made it like possible that I could work and do that. Well, I think I think that's entirely um, correct. You know, it's like when the status of nursing, you know, not separate from midwifery. But if I, if you may indulge me for a minute. But my mother, for example, my mother qualified in 1949 yeah. as a registered nurse. But as soon as she got married, she yeah. that was it. Her professional life was over. But she came back to nursing oh, yeah. in the 1980s. Yeah. 
and uh, she was amazed at this. So we think, you know, and I always preach this also to the younger midwives, oh, it's terrible, like blah, blah, the hours, the thing. And I said, look, you have to look back and see what it was like in the before times. Yeah. You know, you right. need to look into your history and see that we are making a difference. We are mm -hmm. getting better as a profession. We are being heard. And I think with yourself, and congratulations yeah. again on your um, doctoral degree, but I think elevating our profession, you know, because that's one of the main reasons I did my doctoral degree, because you can get yeah. a seat at the table now. You know, doc and the way doctors are trained, yeah. they're much more right. um, accessible. They're not up on their pedestals as they were. You know, I think yes. if you think about yeah. even in the last 50 years, the advancement uh, for women in society in general, and then specifically mm, yeah. thinking about uh, midwifery and midwifery education, then we have made great strides. But, but that's not to say right. we can't just like pat ourselves on our shoulders. We have to still... There's so much work, so much more work to do. Yeah. We can't sit around yes. on our couches on Sunday mm -hmm. prognosticating. We should get, we need to get out there and really do as much as we can um, to spread the word. Yeah. Oh, you're lighting the fire again inside <laughs> me. <laughs> Good. Oh, I I yeah. do feel like that too, Jane, and I feel like I don't feel like we're finished in any way here but I I feel like I keep on looking back at the labour and delivery nurses and I'm saying come on come with me let's go and you know there's a few of them that are midwives already they're they talk to and touch the patient and do the work and they're they are midwives they're doing the midwifery they just need to come on now and uh, come to school and or me and yeah work if me. you know anyone we've got we've got plenty of, plenty, <laughs> plenty of jobs here <laughs> and the good jobs yeah, yeah. That's so great but we need we need more midwives yeah. need more midwives please 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 if you're out there consider midwifery the greatest job yes yes in the whole of the world yeah fantastic it's the job. best uh, that oxytocin right when you get the oxytocin rush you're like yes. so high it's so yes. good yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're crying and you're crying well, and everyone's hugging. Well, I'm not. I'm from like... Scotland, Sally, so I don't really cry. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of joy. I'm always full of joy. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing. You see that when you said that look, when you see them looking at their wee baby, it's just amazing. Yeah. So. And everything seems to disappear all around them, and it's just Same. baby's eyes. Yeah. That's right. It's beautiful. That's right. I remember looking into that baby's beautiful Aww. eyes there, that bridge. That bridge. Yeah. You're so blessed. Aww. You're so blessed, Sally. <laughs> she was kind of looking a bit cross-eyed at me, but it was still a beautiful moment. <laughs> she might have had a, a long journey, a bit of a long journey. And then she spotted my nipple and she that was the end of that. <laughs> Uh, didn't didn't dad say something like it's not ready put it back in trouble with that that's so good <laughs> and do you have any gra grandchildren oh. yet sally no not yet i'm no. hoping one of these yeah. days someday yeah. my twin's working just any any one my of twins these days about to get number seven so, oh, wow. that's in Australia. wonderful! Yeah, it's gonna be Australia. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so yeah. wonderful. Now, is your twin the obstetrician? No, 
no, she... no, my my twin is a um, wonderful mother. I said she did practical practical midwifery. So yeah, right. Yeah, she is a wonder a wonderful mother yes. and a carer. She's a carer. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I have three sisters. Okay. Yeah. So fabulous. You know, and I just know... the Irish. It's the Irish family. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure we're cousins of some sort. <laughs> what did I tell you? I'm uh, spoiler alert. I'm 65 percent Irish. Isn't that great? Probably best. more than yourself, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm going to do my DNA for fun and make sure. You sure make should. sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, one uh, last thing I'd love to ask you about water birth. Your um. You'll advocate for the water birth. Sure. Uh, how do I get that into the hospital? How do I convince them? Well, that's that's a the million dollar question. So that's actually what I did um, as my DNP. Oh, Sally, that was my. Um, oh, great. So um, it's a lot. Um, I think, and also we we can talk about it offline. But thinking about change theory, you have to understand how people adopt change mm -hmm. you know it's very incremental we yeah. you know it's like we want to change the world yeah that's yeah. good but but as I said now I feel I'm just doing it one step at a time yeah. mm -hmm. so talking about it and um, having Barbara Harper come and um, lead a class that was instrumental as well Barbara yeah. now lives in actually in Florida she's a friend so having a presentation about it yeah. you know talking about it learning about it but it's it would take I would say it would take probably at least five years um, yeah. in the short term because you have to think about not just about people adopting that practice but I and this is another question why are labor and delivery units typically on the third floor of a hospital how stupid is that how ours, stupid ours is on the third floor yeah why why <laughs> like in New Zealand you just walked in there but the, the the displacement of the water and yeah. it's a technical issue, but it's very mm. heavy. Birth oh, tubs, yeah. you know, you have to make sure that the, it's correct. So there's technical specifications, as well as all the the fun things, you know. And yeah. um, mm -hmm. thinking about it, having having been a, able to provide water birth at a lot of families, it's incredible. Yeah. Um. But but it's a lot of of work. You 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 know you have to be really good, and I'm sure you are. Because you're a very senior midwife, but but understanding risk because yeah. not everyone um, is a suitable candidate, for example. Mm, so you need yeah. to look at that. But using water is essential. Not just actually, it's not just about the birth in the water. And many people we call it land birth. I think it's lovely land birth, water birth. Um, many women, if you look at the data, actually choose to not birth in the water itself. Uh -huh. So being yeah. able to have access to to a tub, um, right? You know. Yeah. And that that's really important so um, the best for many of both women. Worlds. Yeah, right. Yeah. But um, but listening to women and having them have a voice, and not just some administrator in an office saying no. Um, keep going back, being persistent. You know, being annoying, like saying like, "Have you read yeah. my proposal? Have you done this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, here's all the steps." And but yeah. it, you need to have champions within the obstetrical community as well. You need to have allies. It's not a yeah. thing, you know, when people, I don't like the term self-made person because it's not actually a thing. It's not actually mm -hmm. true. If you think about it, I'm like, well, no, you're not a self-made. What about your mother or your father or your 
family or the people that yeah. helped you on your journey as a person it's just yeah. we are standing on the shoulders of our ancestors and you know everyone in say midwifery we didn't yeah. just get to be this awesome yeah. with just by being ourselves right we had to learn from those people mm-hmm. that went before yeah. us that did those things so who's been successful in introducing water birth and and you know like i said a barbara harper type person and yeah. um, that can come to your institution and, and maybe do a presentation about it or right. having local families that have been able to have water births because it is it is a lot of work one of the things i found you know the nurses said that to me you know it's brilliant it's fantastic it's the best thing but it is a lot of work physically for the nurses but yeah having having you know all your constituents there and not just yourself you know talking about with families and with the communities and the hospitals and getting Mm -hmm. and position champions specifically in america because without that you're not going to be successful right great like the persistence to to do those little things and chip away at it and introduce it to not just the hospital but the community and like spread the word and right eventually down the line it can be a thing right yeah thanks jane you gave me lots to think of (laughs) 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 yeah but yeah there's lots of things you know that have been normalized now like delayed Mm -hmm. cord clamping like kangaroo care like you know i actually wanted to ask about that because i've never heard of delayed cord clamping Okay, it's actually an intervention to actually cut the cord. So mm. you shouldn't, you know, you, you should call it normal cord clamping because the the way of cut clamping it immediately is actually abnormal. So mm. I can send you my paper. I have a published paper sure. uh, on delayed cord clamping mm. because we know it's, we, I, we talk about, a lot about it in centering. But, you know, when I trained, and I don't know about yourself, Sally, we just... I mean, you've probably seen a show called Call the Midwife. They just cut the cord. You didn't think about it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. think, think, think. I'm going to say, think. You know, I'll say yeah. it's like Socratic when I'm talking to the, the students or the or the um, residents. Yeah. Think, think, think every time what you're doing. You know, so like with delayed cord clamping, uh, you know, making sure the baby's physiologically normal, uh, you yes. know, before you start clamping things. Yes. Um, because it's it's really important for the wellness of the baby, especially yeah. if it's been under stress or it's smaller, mm. um, or there's yeah. a problem. And um, leave leave the unit alone. Leave the baby wow. attached. Oh, look, yeah. talk about the placenta again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that that I, famous I placenta. Okay, I think that makes a lot more sense. It's like the it's still the nutrition and everything that has been keeping that baby alive. And there's a lot of like animals that you know, hatch or are born and they're still attached to their yoke or their placenta for, you know, a number of hours or days before it's absorbed or separated. Like it, right. it does seem kind of weird to just cut it immediately and yeah. and not think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's attached for a reason. And isn't convenient. that part convenient. Yeah, that's yeah. part of the rush. What's the big rush? What what's the right. big hurry? Yeah. It's right. like I think we we all want to get on to our own little life. And this is the most important part of this baby experiencing their own birth, that we should just be patient and let them experience it. And if it's still pulsing, they're still getting the nutrients, the oxygen, and it's theirs. It's part of 
their system still right. flow into them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we don't do it anymore either. Uh, it's a, a baby friendly hospital. I'm so happy that I work in, and uh, yeah. Which turns out, of course, to be mommy friendly as well, because everything's mm. calm, everything's slowed down. Right. Everybody benefits. Well, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first came uh, to Gainesville, they had uh, this nursery thing and they put the babies in the little things. I don't know what they're called, the bassinets. Oh, and yeah. put, took them away. They took them away from the mother. Oh, I know. Why? <laughs> <Like>, what? <laughs> what? And then like, I can't breastfeed. And I'm like, well, you can't really breastfeed if your baby's not actually in the same room. That's kind of like the problem. I know. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I feel so yeah. guilty. Years ago, uh, we used to do that. We'd say, sure. you go to sleep. We'll sure. take the baby to the nursery. And we'd feed the baby a big bottle. And we'd feed it like a mm-hmm. calf to get yeah. it to suck as much as it could. <laughs> wow. Poor babies would drink like this much milk. And their poor belly were Enough. stuffed. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, those were the days. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fixing my karma now. Right. Well, Jane, I'm so glad to have heard more about you. And I feel like everything that you've talked about has been so inspiring. I'm not from the midwifery world or nursing world, but, you know, hopefully having a family one day, like all of this excites me and it's inspiring. I hope it also is inspiring to some people also who might get into midwifery and you know want to learn more well you might be so surprised you. you can call me anytime uh, if you want to <laughs> i've got a young lady that i'm i, I usually um, advise folk three or four people a week if they're thinking mm-hmm. about getting into midwifery i mean i have oh, a young wow. lady that in my wow. yoga group sally and she feels called to midwifery so it's um, bridget you know yeah. it's never too late just saying that's so beautiful i love that <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's a great job it's, a, it's the best it's, yeah, well the it's best. not even a job it's just so amazing it's just like yeah. going to work so happy every day to go to work yeah. it's an yeah. incredible thing that you we are yeah. able to offer it's it's such an honor yeah. so oh my gosh yes it is thanks jane you're just so wonderful and so inspiring thank you thank you thank you that's cool <laughs> And if you guys are listening to this podcast, I just want to say to our listeners, thank you so much. Um, Please give us a like and subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a review because that helps us out a lot. Um, My heart's a bit squished. (laughs) And if you enjoyed this episode with Jane, please share it as well. That would be the world to us. So thank you. Thank Thank you you so much. Thanks a million for your bleeding truth.